Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, LaCharles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for everything that you have been blessing us with, Lord, and that you continue to bless us with, Lord. And I just ask that you just make it a pleasant experience, Lord, and just give us your Holy Spirit to help us go through these scriptures with your heart and your mindset, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Welcome, everybody, to our study in 1 Corinthians. So we're excited to have you, and we're definitely excited about today. We're in chapter 11, and we are beginning in verse 17. So could I get a volunteer to read from verse 17 through the end of the chapter, please? Yes. All right. Promise? Now, now, Now in giving these instructions... I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must be us, for there must also be fac- fractions among you, and those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry, and the other one is drunk, and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord on the same night which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, take, eat. This is my Bible which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took, a, took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This too, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever yes, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord is un, in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we could judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastised chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the, wor- condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. Least you less sorry. Lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Well, amen. So as is our custom, 
I'm going to open the floor to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. Okay? Okay. The whole point is that we learn and grow together. So, who has something that they feel led to share? Bobby, do you want to go? No, you can go first. No, Bobby, you can go. I don't have anything right here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. Let's hear it, okay. sir. Okay. First, the Lord was telling me to share this. Originally, when Paul was talking about eating and drinking an unworthy man, I thought, go, guzzling down the bread and the water, not chew, gu, chewing the bread and going, smacking stuff like that, and then guzzling down the whatever you drink. The wine, or what we do, is grape juice, uh-huh. guzzling it down. But then the Lord said, "It's not necessarily guzzling down; it's the unforgiveness that, if you're unforgiving towards someone, you trying to take the Lord. Wait, what is it called? Communion. And you're trying to take communion, then you're drinking judgment on yourself because you're judging others, not yourself." Hmm. When you when you're unforgiving, you're going. Well, they did this, they did that, they did this and that and that. But you're never looking at yourself and going, "What did I do to get this response?" Or forgiving, right? Yes. So you're you're saying it's not the outward display that is so much of concern as it is the internal condition that would be what's an unworthy manner yes okay very nice thank you anything else promise yes <laughs> okay <laughs> also the lord showed me that he points me out um where is it verse 21 for eating each one takes his own supper ahead of others and one is and one is hungry and another is drunk the Lord was showing me that it's also not unforgiveness. It's taking advantage of it. Okay. Like, I'm not saying that you have to push away. Communion song gives you a piece of bread. You're going to go, oh, I can't eat it. I'm not hungry. Uh-huh. But it's also a part you going, I'm going to take that and more. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to turn communion to a dinner. Like, Make a huge chunk of bread. Get a goblet of wine. Okay. So are you saying that's more so proper respect? Proper respect. For what communion is. It's not a time just to fill your tummies. Or you're drunk. Or to drink in excess. It's a time to remember what Jesus has done for us. Yes. And that should be taken with respect to Jesus and in the fear of the Lord, right? Yes. Okay. That was it. Okay. Thank you, honey. You're welcome. Who else has something they want to share? I will go now. All right, Charles. Okay, like Prince was saying that how they were eating and drinking. They were eating there just for the sake of the food because they didn't have anything at home. I presume or maybe they just wanted to be disrespectful or have free food aha maybe that's it free food with no expense expense okay the war was <laughs> that would make it free yeah the war was showing me um if you guys will flip with me to first samuel 
First Samuel 21. First nine verses. Mm-hmm. David and the Holy Bread. Okay. Now David came to Nob to Ahimelech the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has ordered me on some business, and said to me, Do not let anyone know anything about the business on which I send you or what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such a place. Now therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. If the young men have kept at least have at least kept themselves from women. Then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I have came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in, a, is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread, which had been taken from before the Lord, in order to put hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the ser servants of Saul were there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? For I brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah. There it is, wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. And David said, There is none there is none like it. Give it to me. Okay. Lord, show me that in this case and scenario, why David did the same thing as not they did. It's similar, I should say. David ate holy bread, which was supposed to be before the Lord. Lord, show me that the difference was um, in perspective. Like Promise said, they just wanted the free food and they had no intentions of. There was no reason, I should say. They just wanted to eat be married mm -hmm. and then go away the lord showed me that with david he had a right perspective with god and he was actually holy whereas paul is first addressing that they're doing all these things and he's also addressing their unholiness in the manner because he was saying that um okay where was that yeah it's verse 21 Okay, he was and he was saying that while they were eating, they were, I shall say, animal-like. I know sometimes when I get hungry, I shove others out of the way because I'm in fact hungry. Okay. And he was saying that each person trying to jostle each other to get there first to eat all they can eat and have the most of it. Whereas Paul is saying that's not the reason this is happening. It is to remember the Lord in this day, not remember. All the things you want, I should say. Okay. They had a carnal and worldly perspective of what they should be doing and how they should go about it. Okay. Okay, so when it says each one takes his own supper ahead of others, 
is that what you're talking about where they get in front of the other person to get their food as opposed to yielding and waiting for the other maybe offering someone else to go ahead and being um more controlled more self-controlled and taking the lord's supper yes okay okay hmm That's an interesting point, sir. It's a very interesting point. And I love how you brought up about people's selfishness. Because as you read the the first part of, well, the section of Scripture that we covered today, right? Of 17 through 22. What's being described there? That Paul's not preaching them? Well, that yes. he's actually going, but why? this isn't right. So what's not right? There's division in the church, and they're fighting each other. Okay. Isn't that what he addressed in the beginning? Yes. yes. There's division in the very first chapter, right? Or yes. maybe second chapter. But the beginning of this letter, he's discussing how there's divisions and factions, so divisions, right? Dissension among them. So he's not done discussing it, right? And we've seen this pattern throughout the entirety of this letter. He's not done discussing many topics, and he keeps bringing them back up. And you can take a natural perspective and say, he's just bashing them over the head with their, their wrongdoing. But no, he wants them to understand the fullness of their actions, right? How can yes. we learn or grow, mature, develop, whatever way you want to phrase it, if we don't or I'll say if we never come to a, an understanding of our actions, not just our words, but our words and our actions, and what they are actually meaning and communicating, and oh, I'll say just communicating is fine, communicating to those around us and to the world, they matter, right? Yes. So he brings up this the same point, and you see in there, He's discussing selfishness, self-seeking behavior, right? Yes. Envy, pride, all this stuff. All these things that you see wait, from carnal people, from people that are not yet Christians or, or not believers, right? Yes. Okay. Why? That shouldn't be. It shouldn't exist in the church. We didn't see it in Christ. There's not a, a separate standard. Christ had one standard, but there's a different one for all of us. That's the whole point, the whole goal of his teaching, right? The Lord's teaching. The you could call it the, the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch, right? The first five books of the Bible. And everything that the Lord said was all and Paul writes this in Romans, is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Right? Yes. Okay. Where do you ever see any of that in Christ? Nowhere. Okay. So, we have to understand a few things, right? Because Paul brings it up at the beginning of this section of Scripture, and he also brings it up at the end, right, in verses 33 and 34. If you come together, wait for one another. But if anyone's hungry... Let them eat at home. 
lest you come together in judgment. And the rest I will set in order when I come. Right? So, yes. It's the uh, icebreaker, if you will. He's, he brought this up in the beginning. He's bringing it up again and saying, hey, we still have more things to discuss about this. But I'm going to give you enough that you can work with. And by work with, I mean you can apply to your life because it matters. It, it matters for you, for your own soul salvation. Which, if you read any of the New Testament or any of Paul's writings, he, he as all the rest of the prophets, right, and apostles, and everyone the Lord sends is, and even the law, it's concerned with your salvation, is giving you things that you can apply to your life, being led by the Holy Spirit, of course, first and foremost, to move forward in the things of the Lord. But, so, we already brought up a lot of the core stuff, right? Yes. Selfishness yes. and envy and promise you brought up about unforgiveness with communion. These things matter. Why does unforgiveness matter, sir? Or anyone? Because if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. Exactly. Jesus said that himself. If you will not forgive, then my heavenly Father will not forgive you. It matters. Why? Because he that knows what's right to do and doesn't do it to him, it's sin. What does sin do? Uh, keeps you from the promise? It does. How? By pushing, making, going, not making you, directing you. directing you on the wrong track. Okay, so in other words, there is separation, yeah? Yes. So it separates, sin separates us from our Lord and Savior, from our Heavenly Father. It takes us out from underneath His covering, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. James, in the book of James, I know, this is each of y'all's favorite book. <laughs> so, in the book of James, who is James being Jesus' brother, right, in chapter 3, I'll say verses 14 through 18. Can I guess I want to read that, please? You want it 14 through 18? Please, yes. Um, I can read that. And it says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. So, so do we see the difference there? Yes. Paul's addressing these actions. That's what he leads with. He, he, this is all one thought, even though there are many parts to, to this section of Scripture and this thought that he is communicating. It begins with him writing about all these things that are being reported to him. All right? Yes. yes. Okay. They're issues. And you see them written about in James, but you also see the, the difference, where they come from. One's demonic, clearly, 
right? It's natural. Yes, it's yes. carnal. It's, and then you see what it's supposed to look like in Christ, which was peaceable, loving, looking out for others, right? These are all yes. things that Paul has been communicating the entire time in this letter. This is what Christian love and conduct looks like, right? Yes. So, so on the one hand, he's continuing his thought, right? But in the second, now he's addressing yet another issue. But then he, he even brings it a step further. And, and like I said, he bookends it. He brings it up at the, begin, the beginning, the first uh, six verses, 17 through 22, right? Yes. And yes. then he brings it up with the last two again. You're like, uh, let's just say he bookends this thought on both ends, right? And yes. in the middle, he talks about a very specific part and memorial or function of the body of Christ, which is communion and remembering what our Lord and Savior did, redeeming us on the cross. And not just the, re- the redemption, but also the fact that he's raised again. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. So... Because in there is, is the foundation for our faith. Right? Yes. yes. Okay. So, he's communicating this because he's saying these actions that are happening are actually separating you from the Lord. Because it's what's inside of someone. And clearly it's what's inside of someone. Because even though or whatever is being spoken, you know, is bad enough. But the actions are proving that. Right? Which is why I can say, I'll show you my works, my faith by my works, excuse me. Right? Not just what I say, but I will show you my faith by my works. Well, it's the faith working with the words and the works. Right? Yes. All in harmony. Which is how the Lord works and moves and operates. Right? Yes. Our confession, our faith, our action, and we also see the manifestation. So, what he's saying is being communicated here is not anything godly, which is an issue. One is a witness and an example for the rest of those in the body of Christ. But then, even more so, if you will, for, not, for those that are not yet believers. So it's something that we need to recognize in ourselves, which is why he also says, hey, examine yourselves, Right? Yes. If you judged yourself, you would have no need for anyone else to judge you. But we must examine ourselves rightly. And the only right way to do it is under the standard, which is the pattern example set forth in Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, our Lord and Savior. Anybody have any questions or anything they want to coming on I don't have a question okay go ahead brother I got a lot <laughs> well please I, th- I think the, the the first thing I'd like to just pose a question and that is it seems is the methodology if you could call it that of uh, communion is different than what we in the American uh, church do right now for for them to have the opportunity to be filled, mm-hmm. or to have uh, drank enough wine, it's, uh, there's um, mm-hmm. 
I did uh, go into a Catholic church one time and take communion. Um, it was kind of neat, long story. But anyway, um, you know, but um, you're not really given a cup to chug from. And even the, some of the places where they allow you to share a cup, you know, it's not enough in it that anybody could chug it down as, you know, promise was saying or they can't grab the whole loaf and shove it in their face you know to try to eat it so Mm -hmm. um what do we know uh historically about what the practice looked like then i mean if we compare it to what jesus did at the last supper you know Mm -hmm. which was um a culmination of the passover meal as well too Mm kind of coming Mm -hmm. together so um the implication here is it's more of a meal um so what do we can, can you can we provide some insight first as to how the practice was going about well yes we can and i think we may have to cover that tomorrow because there is there is a lot to that and just for the um i'll say to be respectful of everyone's time and not to to drag this out so it's you know i'll say days (laughs) um but we can cover that in more detail tomorrow as far as the looking at passover and then looking at um Jesus instituting um, communion at the Last Supper, right? Yeah, and not so much about Passover. I wasn't trying to connect to Passover. Just a general. So now, now we're you know, Paul's talking to the Corinthians. Mm-hmm. They have a practice of communion. Mm-hmm. Yes. At that practice of communion, there is an opportunity to indulge to excess. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. It doesn't represent how they were doing it. Doesn't represent how typically the American church is doing it. I just Absolutely. wanted to contrast that. Not necessarily. Oh, yeah. the, Absolutely. Not necessarily the Passover component of that. Okay. So, just so people had a better understanding of what that might look like. Well, go ahead, Dean. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm, saying, I'm posing oh, okay. it as a question. Was it? Was it a meal that they were having, and also bread and wine were served, or was it strictly bread and wine, and somebody was just gorging themselves on a loaf of bread? <laughs> I mean, it just seems like it's a question for me. I want to. I want to know the answer. Well, so. Even today, Passover is still um, observed, right? And the, the Passover meal. Is it always done the exact way today as it was then? No, right? But let's look at, at the culture. And this is especially Judaism is thriving, right? At this point in Jesus's, well, in Jesus's time on earth. Judaism was thriving. There were many laws. And that was the whole point is to observe all these laws, it wasn't so much about the relationship, but it was an observation of laws. And laws passed down in Moses, in the books of Moses, the instructions for conducting Passover were given there, right? And how you were supposed to eat it and what it was supposed to consist of. And and many of those traditions are still followed today, even today. It was 2,000 years later, approximately, right? So, so it's significant. So, yes, it was still followed then. Now... And, and the whole point was to, it, there is a celebration aspect of it, right? Because there is the atonement, right? And the covering of of the blood and, and observing that um, the deliverance that happened and deliverance out of Egypt and, and all those things, right? But um, it's not as it's conducted typically in, in most Christian churches where we have these, you know, <laughs> every church is different, right? So we have to cover that. It might be some bread, the uh, loaves of bread that are given and, and tore up so everyone can take a piece. It, it may just be a whole loaf of bread that you just grab some off of. There are some churches, although I haven't seen many anymore. I know when I was young that they actually just had one cup for everybody and, and it was shared out of. And, um, 
And then, of course, uh, you know, health concerns, or you know, um, you know, sa- medical safety came up, and it was, um, you know, for a number of different reasons. Um, when I grew up, of course, there was the the AIDS epidemic, or now HIV, right? Um, that was a huge concern. So people were like, "Well, we probably shouldn't share the same cup, right?" So safety safety concerns changed some of that, and then now you see many of the the individual cups and. Um, of grape juice or whatever the case is, whether they're prepackaged and have a little wafer or something built in, or there's a number of different ways that um, that churches uh, conduct that um, communion in the whole. Um, uh, and I don't want to say uh, that that doesn't matter. the The Lord cares about the heart and the thoughts and intentions of the heart, right? Why are we celebrating or observing communion and the whole point of that is that it's a remembrance and some versions some scripture translations will say it's a memorial to the lord right you're observing the the work that he did as the passover lamb and the redemption of sins and and all and and what it means to us right and those that are believers that's who it's meant for right and that's why i you know promise when you brought up about um, Samuel and what's refer, uh, referenced about the showbread and David, um, we need to look forward to what Jesus said about that in Mark 2.27, uh-huh. right? And so he was trying to give some more perspective, like what you're saying, John. Exactly. That, um, y- y'all are so hung up. Basically, what I take Jesus is saying, he said, you know, um, the Sabbath was um, uh, not made, uh, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. Absolutely. Right? I think Jesus was saying there, y'all, y'all are all hung up in your traditions and you're missing the whole point of everything. Exactly. Right? And so that's the same thing with communion. Communion is beneficial to us. It's a time to remember, reflect what Jesus has done for us and to continue to place that first and foremost in our lives and make sure our hearts are right. Amen. Is really what we're trying to do there. Not mm-hmm. celebrate a certain way or not um, make it a certain day of the week or anything like that at all. Mm-hmm. No. And you know, uh, and I love that you bring that. Not a, not a certain day of the week. You know, um, again, it's about the heart and what it means, right? You have a, I think, I've brought this up before, I think, but I'll share it again. Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, you know, there's there's stories about him that it says I can take it as often as I like, and I like, so I'm going to take it. Or or stories about how people would show up to his house, and he's like, oh, thanks for coming. Like I was just about to take communion. Join me. You know, like that was a common thing, but. But that comes from where? And his heart was to be close to the Father in everything, right? He wanted to be to live, remain in the presence of the Lord. And you see that reflected in his walk, right? So it matters. But And because of that, he was constantly examining, him, examining himself, excuse me, to make sure that there was nothing separating him from the Lord, right? And he wanted the Lord to burn up everything in him that was not of the Lord. To just be clean and pure before Him, and and you know, it's a it's a good example of what you see in Paul, and what Paul even said at the beginning of chapter eleven, "Follow me as I follow Christ," right? Like the whole point is to be like Christ, and and, and I don't mean that we are God, but I mean that we are pursuing Him to be conformed to His image. So that when people see us, they don't actually see us. They see Christ 
in us, who lives and dwells and his hands on us and his Holy Spirit is in us and he's filled us with himself. And, and, and that is the whole point. But we can't do that until we have made that decision, that determination, that we are going to pursue Christ even at the cost of everything, whatever that is, to include our own lives if that's what it comes down to. Because that was how Christ lived, just to be pleasing to the Father mm. in all things. Um, you know, one conversation we were having, Dean, um, I, don't know if, I don't know if it was on a podcast or if it was um, in a private conversation, and you were referencing uh, how sometimes we can push off our eternal life with Christ, and it's something that's so far away versus him being present with us here now. Right. And one thing communion does is it keeps alive and afresh in our memory Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So that way it is ever present in our minds and ever the focus of his power is still today. His love is still today. His life is still today. It's not something that was in our past or way far off in our future, but present. He is, I am that I am. So us taking that communion refreshes what he did on the cross for us and refreshes our focus on who he is beyond oh yes that's the son of god but who are you to me jesus mm-hmm. who do i say you are who am i looking for you to be in my life and recognizing and realizing and remembering that you are just that so um yeah i had a christian brother the other day he said um we had just met found that we you know love of christ was pouring out of both of us you know it was pretty obvious and um as i was leaving he goes well if i don't see you again i'll certainly see you again in heaven I said, brother, the good news is the kingdom has come. That's right. The kingdom's here now. Amen. We don't have to right. wait for heaven, brother. We don't have to wait for that. So mm-hmm. great reminder. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. You're welcome. Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. There's a lot. And I'm um, pretty sure we'll be going over this again tomorrow. So, um, so yeah, let's stop there for today. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you. And, and by all means, if you have questions or comments or, or anything, all right? please reach out. You can contact us at adayofprayer at yahoo.com. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to discuss the word with you. And, you know, however else we can minister for you, keep you in prayer, please don't hesitate. Don't, you don't have to be afraid. You can, you can contact us. We love you. So can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, I just thank you for today and for another glorious opportunity to come into your presence, Lord, to learn more about you and help each other walk in a way that is holy and glorifying to you, Lord, that lifts your name above the earth, Lord, and lets everybody see and behold it, God. And I ask that you will continue to guide us in our activities, Lord, and to show us your wisdom and give us those details that we need, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store.
remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.